Hey everybody, want to hear the new dubstep song I wrote? Wub 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 drop. Wub 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 wub. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, today we're going to talk about one of our favorite games, Borderlands 2, but before we do that, every month we like to talk about what we've been playing and what we've been watching over the last month. So, Tim, what you been playing and watching? So I am happy to say I have finally beaten Breath of the Wild. I was putting it off and trying to do as much, you know, side stuff. I found all the shrines. I found a well over 300 Korok seeds. Um, I did the Trial of the Swords. I I even started the Champion uh, DLC. Although I didn't finish that once I found out that the rewards are mostly just improved cooldown timers for the uh, champion abilities in the motorcycle i decided um hey i didn't get the motorcycle but i never even ride a horse so i I didn't feel the need to go for that yeah but i decided to go ahead go beat ganon um so yeah i i have for the moment anyways beaten breath of the wild closed the door on that one and i am going to start mario odyssey probably here pretty soon how many hours was that to beat it oh gosh i have no idea uh i'll have to check on the the switch here um because i think it tracks my playtime. but yeah man that is that game is so much fun i am a little sad that it's over but also kind of you know ready to move on to something else but i i can't remember the last time i got just so lost you know in, in a game like that it was yeah it, if you have a switch it's a absolute must buy um in fact it's it's pretty much worth buying the switch to play breath of the wild if you don't have a uh, like a wii u or something you know if, if you weren't one of the eight people that bought the eight with the wii u <laughs> uh so as far as other stuff that i've been playing i decided to pick up earthbound again um how are you playing it I am playing it on the Super Nintendo Class or the yeah the Super Nintendo Classic. Right. Awesome. Um, it's also uh, a buddy of mine bought me the Earthbound handbook that they released through uh, Fan Gamer a couple years ago. Oh, uh, it's basically cool. like an improved strategy guide. It's got like a bunch of like flavor articles and stuff like that in there, and like fake advertisements. And the whole thing's written like it takes place in the '90s, you know. So it yeah it talks about like you know listening to a company track on your Walkman and, you know, stuff like that. It, it's been kind of fun. I've been going through that while I'm playing the game. So it's kind um, of a walkthrough as well? Kind of, yeah. It's it's like, well, because well, I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar with the old strategy guide. The The old strategy guide is It's the amazing. old Nintendo Power Guide that basically was a walkthrough, but it had... Yeah, and it's, it's amazing, but there are, like, a couple errors in it. Um, most noticeably, like, it tells you the wrong enemy for one of the best weapons of the game. <laughs> um, so like this one, it improves on that. It tells you like a little bit 
deeper strategy. It has some corrections in there. You know, it's basically kind of like an improved version of that. And it's been kind of fun going through it with that. Um, Sounds awesome. Also, That's a game that you kind of need a little bit of help. I think some it's kind of like got a few parts where it's not entirely obvious how to proceed. It's kind of, you know, so no. And there's a, there are a couple things that are easily missed. Um, oh yeah, very much. It's really, hard I mean, to it's go not back. like you can't go back and get it if you miss it the first time, but you can skip like entire dungeons if you're not paying attention, you know? Yep. You, you know, so it, it kind of helps to have a guide. Um, I also busted out Sims two, um, kind of out of the blue. I'm not sure what led to that. Just kind of loaded it up one day. Was and, that the um, version that we got on UPlay or not UPlay EA Origin? It is. Yeah, it's yeah, the, cool. the ultimate version that they released. Nice um, for free, like a couple of years ago. Um, and I'm doing something a little different. I am actually playing it like with a sim. It, the last couple times I've played Sims two, it's mostly been like creating my own custom city and then making a custom downtown and then making a custom university. And I, I spent more time like building areas and, you know, building out like a, like a whole full fledged city that I didn't actually spend a lot of time playing in those areas, like with a sim. So this time I'm actually, I made a family. Um, I've, I'm putting them through college basically right now. And then when they're, done i'll actually go and rent out an apartment because apartment life hadn't been a thing when the last time i played this and you know kind of experience all the stuff that i didn't really do the last time i played this so that's been kind of fun uh as for what i'm watching uh jessica jones season two came out so me and the wife have been going through that um i also picked up the first john wick movie on the cheap i found it for sale for nine bucks such a great movie yeah, it's yes. um for dog lovers too. <laughs> it 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 has a plot that you could write down on a sticky note and have some room left over, but the action sequences are great. Um it has some really impressive world building considering that there's not a lot of plot to drive the the movie along, but um they it makes you feel like this world is a lot bigger than you see in this, you know, in this one movie. And then after that, um I noticed that John Wick 2 was on HBO Go, so I ended up watching the sequel on there, too. And again, it's, you know, the plot is, there's not a lot there, but again, the world building is really interesting, the characters are really interesting, and the action is amazing. Um, yeah, I think that's to John Wick's credit, the simple plot, actually. I think it works really, really well. It's kind of like Die Hard. I, I mean, the plot's not super complicated, but it's just a really yeah. great execution on the plot. And mm-hmm. also John Wick 2, spoiler alert, brings Morpheus and Neo back. So that's really cool to see. <laughs> that too. was fun. Yeah, that was a nice uh, a nice little, um, you know, cameo in there. And they're apparently making a TV series based around not necessarily John Wick alone, but like the hotel with Lance Reddick and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know about so that. So it's going to be in the Wickiverse then. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I could see that working. Cool. John, what you've been playing and watching. So let's start with what I've been watching. Firstly, I've been watching mute on Netflix. So it's a new movie by Duncan Jones. 
Yeah, Duncan Jones. Okay, and he made Moon. He made the Warcraft movie, and I like both of those movies very much. Um, probably Moon more so, but the Warcraft movie was really fun. I liked it. Uh, okay, so Mute, yeah. So, hmm. I would say Skip It would be my review of it um, because I, whereas I liked aspects of it, it's very dark, and I'm not really sure what the purpose of it being that dark is. Uh, Travis reviewed this better than me uh, a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. and I kind of get where he's coming from, but they're just some weird like scenes that I just don't understand what the point of it was. And if it was art, if it was some art point, I didn't quite get it. I'm not trying to insult the movie. I think that um, he was definitely swinging for the fences on this one. I just don't think it quite connected with me exactly. But I really like that um, Duncan Jones is making movies. I like that this movie connects to Moon. I thought that was amazing. That's like, that was so cool just to see Sam Rockwell, you know, and then have the events of Moon kind of carry over into a new, you know, world. I, I really hope it continues on, like, where his movies are connected in that way. I thought that was really neat. But, there, you know, it, it, it was cool for what it was. And again, like, it's cool to see movies on Netflix. But, you know, I would probably not watch it if you're not interested in super, super dark sci-fi movies or whatever. Um, and another movie I saw on Netflix was The Foo Fighters Back and Forth. So it starts out, it's a documentary about the band, and it starts out talking about Nirvana. You know, because Dave Grohl started out as the drummer for Nirvana. Spoiler alert. And um, and then it talks into the early days of the band after Kurt dying. Uh, and it gives a really and it was really great. Just kind of if you just wanted to watch some Nirvana, you know, stuff, it's really great for that. But then, the you know, the, the remaining 75 percent is about the Foo Fighters. And I and I remember growing up in the 90s and hearing all their albums and loving what I heard. I didn't know that the story of the band was so. I guess tumultuous, you know, because they had a lot of band members come and go for various reasons. And Dave explains it and they get them they get the band members back. And some of the band members like weren't in love with how they left the band and they didn't censor what they were talking about in there. So they, they give kind of a pretty interesting perspective of why they left. And it doesn't always agree with what Dave says or whatever. But, I, you know, I, I think everyone's an adult now. But, you know, it's it's interesting and it's a really honest take of it. And I really, really enjoyed it. If you like the Foo Fighters, you just heard a couple of their songs, you know, want to watch a really cool rock documentary, I recommend it. So I also finished BoJack season four, and that's again on Netflix. And it's a BoJack is kind of like a really adult, a dark adults cartoon. I, I kind of thought it would be this funny, you know, Netflix Simpsons thing, but it's not really that. It's actually way darker than that and a lot way more about darker. <laughs> exactly. And season three ended on such a crazy point that it was really nice to experience season four, which is almost as dark, but it doesn't end as dark as season three does, which was really nice. I kind of like the journey it took, but wow, it's about why people turn out the way that they do. Why do people, why are people assholes? Actually, it's not just as simple as that. You know, maybe some people have a lot of pain in their lives and Bojack kind of shows that. And I think it's to its credit, but that doesn't make it it makes it interesting to watch. You have more empathy for people, but it doesn't make it easy to watch. I guess (laughs) it's like the hardest cartoon I've ever watched in that way. So Um, so if you signed up for the Disney streaming service movies anywhere, you and you connected to a bunch of services like you connected to Amazon, you connected to iTunes, 
Uh, well, if you don't know, Movies Anywhere is a service by Disney where you can connect all these different video services to. And if you've got a movie on iTunes, it'll actually copy it over to Amazon and it'll copy it over to Vudu and all that kind of thing. So if you have movies that are kind of and, and Google Play. So if you have movies in one store, it'll sort of make them available everywhere. That's why it's called Movies Anywhere. Anyways, so if you connect up to all of those services, at least at the time, you would have gotten the new Ghostbusters Extended Edition um, that I call Lady Busters. It's got, you know, um, it was the new Ghostbusters revisioning that Sony did. Well, I watched the Extended Edition after watching the original when it came out, and I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I kind of get why they cut it out, but... Um, some fun scenes that they brought back uh, is a scene at the end where um, the bad guy makes all the cops and everything dance, which was kind of fun to see Chris Hemsworth lead like a dance party um, as a supervillain. That was kind of neat. And it's a fun movie. It's fun to watch. I liked it. I got no uh, huge negative beefs. I mean, I like the original more, I suppose, but I liked it. It was, it was fun. And uh, I also saw a little movie by Tommy Wiseau called The Room. My friend bought it for me on DVD for Christmas, knowing that I have an affinity for terrible movies. I love bad movies. And uh, he got me the room and I finally watched it. And yeah, so again, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying I love terrible movies and I did not really like the room very much. And uh, for instance, I've saw, seen like the hearse, my mo- stepmother's a werewolf. Alien Contaminate. I, like, I love bad movies. I love Mystery Science Theater 3000. I love watching campy films. The Room I didn't like. couple reasons. Well, firstly, the good parts about The Room, I would say, are at its best. It's a fun, campy movie where they're just, they've just got some really cringe, hilarious scenes in it. And then at its worst, it's actually a movie about a man who thinks he's the world's greatest human being. And it's about... A relationship he had with a woman where she just for no reason she just was evil and wanted to destroy him and as that as what I believe that it is which is a movie about himself where he thinks he's the world's greatest person who helps everyone and then and that his girlfriend was out to just destroy him for no reason which I don't believe is true by the way I think it's misogynist garbage um the movie is not good because I think that you have to like contextualize it and in, in the time that you watch it. Um, and I just, I don't know. It just seemed really gross to me. I think firstly, I didn't know that there are almost like six sex scenes in the movie and it's not like I'm a prude or boring or anything. It's just, I had no idea that that was even in there. So when I was watching them, I was like, wow, this is, this is like the most not hot sex scene ever made. Like the movie just fails at so many levels. Oh, those sex scenes were like, Seriously, he's not joking. Like literally the worst things you'll ever see. And there's like I felt so bad for the for the woman in like, this movie. She is just crapped on the whole time. And like half of the sex scenes were in the first like 20 minutes, I swear. I don't know what the hell was going on with that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> just right away they have this little kid come into the scene. He's like and and Tommy and his girlfriend are wanting to get down and this little kid's just in the room. He's like, "Why are Can you I still watch? here?" He's like, "Can I watch?" And I'm like, this is disgusting. This is this is really gross. And I I don't really want to talk about it too much more, but like in the <laughs> age of Trump, I just find that like giving attention to this kind of stuff, I don't know, man. There are there are way better bad movies than this that actually say so. I don't know. Anyways, but I get why people I get why people make fun of this. I get why it's the next Rocky Horror. I get why people go to the theaters and they love watching it. 
but I just wish it wasn't misogynist garbage. You know what I mean? I wish that there was something else there. Because, <laughs> again, the stuff that I liked about it was just so fleeting. Uh, anyways, and I don't mean to blabber that too much. So what I've been playing was South Park Phone Destroyer. I'm not really playing that right now. There's a review on Cheerful Ghost if you want to read about that. I've been playing Roller Coaster Tycoon and Open Roller Coaster Tycoon. Again, I got a review on Cheerful Ghost about that. Apparently, I write reviews for video games there. Um, Borderlands 2. We're going to talk a little bit about that. I finally completed it, and I'm going to actually write a review. I didn't want to do that before we got this episode out, but I will later. And I've also been playing Fortnite, and there's going to be a review coming on that. And wow, guys, Fortnite. Firstly, it's like the biggest game in the world right now. It's blowing up. It's available. It's like a free-to-play battle royale game. And it's on everything, and it is incredible. And I get why people like it. And it's available on your iPhone. You can play it on an iDevice or an iPad. And I'm going to do a review on that. Wow, it's so good. I mean, I die a lot, but wow, it's great. And I want to talk more about it, and we'll probably do an episode about it um, later. But yeah, it's great. So, Fortnite. And I haven't actually been playing anything at all since the last time we talked about this. I I finished up uh, Breath of the Wild about a month before Tim did. And, you know, I went from Super Mario Odyssey straight into Breath of the Wild. And then I think I should have not started Bayonetta 2 yet because I think I need a nice big gap after those two games because it's going to take a while for me to appreciate games that aren't those two. They're so they're that good, but I've been watching a lot of stuff. Um, <clears throat> recently, John shared a, a video on cheerful ghosts from movies with Mikey uh, channeled by Mikey Newman, who was involved with gearbox who made borderlands he wrote too. borderlands. Yeah. yeah. no, no, actually, uh, Mikey uh, wrote Borderlands, and yeah. uh, he didn't have an involvement in Borderlands too. He was the voice, a voice actor. That's about it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. For uh, what character? Do he you was know? Uh, Scooter in both games. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. But movies with Mikey. We, my wife and I, went through this like entire channel watching everything that we, all of his reviews of movies that we had seen. And recently he did a crossover with another channel called Cinema Wins, where they both talked about Thor Ragnarok the same week. So I watched a lot of those as well. And it's just really nice that there are these two channels with people who really love movies and are trying to keep positivity in movie reviews. I know. There's so much just negative bullshit that you come across lately more than ever i think like no matter what you want to read about you're gonna to have to sift through thousands of comments of people just ragging on whatever you're trying to read about but these two channels kind of got me down a rabbit hole of watching uh, movies so my wife and i've been watching a ton of those um a few that i wanted to talk about taika waititi who did uh thor ragnarok Got to start doing not superhero movies. <laughs> he had a movie called What We Do in the Shadows about like the daily lives of vampires. And it is freaking hilarious. It's all, uh, Find it wherever it is and watch it. It is amazing. You, you owe it to yourself to watch this. And more recently, he did a movie called Hunt for the Wilder People, which is based on a novel. And it looks kind of on the surface to be a kid's movie and something that you might not be interested in, but it's not the, the one liners in this movie just like come a mile a minute and it's a nice 
happy story, but it's definitely not a kid's movie. This, this kid is hilarious, but not exactly a role model for kids. Um, I definitely recommend both of those movies. Um, somehow managed to miss 21 jump street for years. The recent remake, um, and I kind of didn't want to watch it. It seemed like the kind of comedy I wouldn't enjoy, but I got enough recommendations for it. So I finally sat down and watched it with my wife and it's a really solid and funny movie. And you wouldn't really expect it from the, I can't even think of the guy's name in the lead who kind of the beefcake. What is his name? Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. That's it. You wouldn't really think that he would be that funny, but he is hilarious. Jay Tay is very funny. Yeah. And he was really good in, uh, what was the movie that was after Django Unchained? It was, uh, the hateful eight. Yeah. Oh, love that movie. He was great in that. Oh shit. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. I think it's been long <laughs> enough that we can throw spoilers. Yeah. I totally that spoiled movie. that. Yeah. Right. Aside from that, uh, as of the day that we're recording this, the last Jedi just came out and I've watched through that again and some of the special features and I'm not going to talk much about it because this is cheerful ghost radio and you know that we're going to be talking about star Wars until the end of time. So I'm sure this will come back up again later, but I'm still, still love that movie. Still don't think it's a perfect movie. I still have problems with it, but I'm, it doesn't look like it was just like the hype train that I was riding after a lot of time to digest it. I'm still really enjoying it. Yeah. And look forward to our, uh, we're going to do another <laughs> cheerful ghost radio episode. We're going to talk about the last Jedi version two or again, or something. It'll be great. Borderlands 2 is a first-person shooter RPG that was released by Gearbox Software in, if you can believe it, 2012. It's been out for six years. It launched to nearly universal acclaim and won a bunch of awards, including our own Cheerful Ghost Game of the Year awards back in 2012. Borderlands 2 got a ton of DLC and was one of the first games of the season pass that got even more DLC after the season pass DLC came out. Later on, Borderlands 2 dropped on PC, PS3... Xbox 360, and was eventually brought to Mac, Linux, PS4, Xbox One, Vita, and the NVIDIA Shield. Uh, we really enjoyed this game, and with the discussions about the possibility of Borderlands 3 coming up soon, uh, we wanted to head back into the game and talk about it, because we think it deserves a second look and a bit more discussion. Handsome Jack. This tyrant will be the end of us all. All right, everyone. What are your thoughts on Borderlands 2? John? Yeah, so just as a 2012 bonus, uh, the other game... So so Borderlands 2 got number one for 2012. Number two was FTL, which I'm really happy that that happened because that game's amazing still. Number three is The Walking Dead. Uh, four was Diablo three and five was planet side two. So the only one on there, I mean, and planet side two, you know, whatever I don't, you know, but Diablo three. Wow. FTL. I, I mean, I agree with all of those, you know, so that was really great. Um, so recently, <clears throat> so I, I guess I'll say that I recently competed, completed borderlands two, Um, and it didn't take me too long to do it. You know, six years is pretty short. 
uh, in the vast context of your entire <laughs> life. But the reason why... You're welcome for helping you with that, by the ex- way. Ex- thank you. And the reason why it took me six years is it's it's kind of a funny story. So originally, back in 2012, I was on the... I was on the precipice of two different systems, right? I had the PlayStation 3, which up to that point I'd played most of my games on because I didn't really have a great PC. And so Borderlands 2 came around and I'd played Borderlands, the original on the PlayStation 3 and I played it with Travis and I played it with Tim. And then Borderlands 2 is coming out and I was like, I'm gonna get it on PS3. And Travis and, and Tim had it on the PS3 and so he's gonna play it on PS3. And Travis said, yeah, I might get on PS3 or my only friends. And then he ended up actually jumping to PC. Okay. See, I think you're misremembering that a little bit because I played Borderlands one on the 360. I didn't play it on PS3. Oh, well I played. Okay. So I played it with Tim on the PS3, maybe played it on 360. So I was like trying to get Travis to play on the PS3 because Tim was going to play on the PS3. And Travis said, yeah, maybe. And then in the last minute, Travis is like, yeah, no, I'm doing it on PS3 on the PC. So I started the game on the PS3 and then later that Christmas, Travis got me Borderlands 2 on PC and I was like, ah, (laughs) and I'd been moving to PC gaming. So then I started it up again on the PC, which, you know, and then I played through it a bit and I kind of stopped, you know, because, you know, it's like it's like a common thing with Borderlands. You you create a character, then you create another one because you want to play with your friends and you don't actually get through the main game or whatever. So um, that's kind of why it took me six years to get to it. But I would say that just in general, uh, Borderlands 2 is great. And I think it starts with its gameplay. I think its gameplay is incredible. And I don't mean incredible. I mean like best of breed RPG shooter gameplay. And it's first class with friends. Like it's a good game on your own. You can get through it. But with friends, it's incredible. And um, getting four people into the game, opening up a chat client and just going through it with them is fun. The shooting is fun. It's easy to group with people. It's easy, you know, drops, loot drops are fine. You can trade stuff, especially if you have a party where you can play to each other's strengths. Right. So that's really cool. And the classes are set up to work well together. So, you know, you have someone that has like ammo regen. You have someone that has an extra character that can do heals, you know, it's, it's really good. You have a sniper, you've got a tank, you've got this, you've got that. So I would say firstly, it's, it's gameplay and it shines in multiplayer. Also, I would say that the thing that's really great about Borderlands 2, even now is its story. So I would say that firstly, like Jack is probably one of the most compelling game villains of all time. I would probably put him up there with some of the best villains from games like Diablo. Like, I would say that he's that good as a bad guy. He's just that memorable. Um, he's also really evil, too. And, and the game really balances the humor and the evilness of Jack really well. So the game's fun and lighthearted, yet he seems like a murdering psychopath. But not so crazy that it creeps you out. It's mostly fun. But sometimes he really can do disturbing things, like in some of the audio diaries and things like that. So one of the other real strengths of Borderlands 2 is also how it weaves in the original characters from the original Borderlands game into the story and making the story a lot more compelling because we all remember playing Borderlands, at least most people do. And, you know, seeing Brick and Lilith and Roland and uh, the sniper guy that I always forget his name into the original game was really, really cool. So, yeah. And it also gives you a reason to kind of come back and play the original if you hadn't before. So. I think that 
Those are some of the game's strengths. Now, I think for me, some of the weaknesses of the game is kind of some of the strengths of the game, which is the jack commentary each time you play it. Like you go through the game and just like in Diablo 3 or Diablo or whatever, he'll just do a lot of monologues. And they're funny the first time you hear him and maybe the next 10 times you hear him. But I kind of pine for an adventure mode in Diablo 3 where you're just playing the base game, you know, and you go up to a raid boss and you do that. You know what I mean? I think Borderlands... And when we're when we're done talking about Borderlands 3, I guess I'll talk about that, you know, kind of Borderlands 3 getting its own adventure mode. Um, And I would say that another thing, too, for me is that the base game is kind of way too long for my taste. Now, I know people when they buy a $60 game, they want to get a dollar per hour or more. Right. Um, I kind of like games that feel just about the right amount of time. And I think that. It should have been, for my taste, it should have been about 25 hours. Now, I know people are like, heresy, I like long games. And that's cool. I appreciate that. But for me, I just thought that was one of the things. That's probably, again, why it took me six years to beat it. Because it's very long. Um, And I would say compared to the original Borderlands, the gun drops aren't quite as good. So when I played the original Borderlands, I got some crazy gun drops in the beginning of the game that I, just like a shotgun, for instance that couldn't be beat by any shotgun drop I got um, for a long time. So I think you could roll hot crazy well in the original Borderlands and get some crazy OP crap and that you really, I never really saw in Borderlands 2. Like all the guns seem to be like, this is okay. And I think it's to its detriment in to a way, because if you think about games like Diablo 3 before Loot 2.0, you'd get a lot of trash drops. And in Borderlands 2, you get trash drops all the time. In fact, the amount of good loot you get, you might not get a good gun in a sitting down with your friends, right? Getting You might not get anything good in that to use for anything. And I think the game, like it gives you a lot more gameplay, I suppose. But I felt like Diablo 3 kind of iterated on that and got better over time. So I don't know. Hopefully in Borderlands 3, again, this will be stuff that we talk about, but that's just kind of what I think about in terms of things I love about the game and the things that maybe I didn't like as much. But overall, well, we'll we'll review it later, but Borderlands 2, incredible game. Tim, what do you think? Oh, yeah, the Borderlands franchise is one of my favorite games that I've I've played probably in the last, you know, decade or two. Um, I, I played both couch co-op with my wife, and then later on got it on uh, the PC as well when it was part of a Humble bundle. That and was one of I've, the best bundles that's ever been, oh, by the way, the Humble easily. Borderlands bundle. Yeah, that yeah. was an amazing bundle. And I I pretty much played through Borderlands 2 again with a couple different people on the PC now. So I've, I've clocked a lot of hours into it. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite things about it is... Um, that the game is challenging, but it's very accessible. Like uh, you can sit down and you can play with somebody who's not like, you know, terribly into first person shooters, but they can still pick it up and play. And even like, even if you're dying, like you don't lose much, you don't get set back very far. So even if you, there's, you know, there's, there is a penalty when you die, but it's so small, it doesn't really affect you too much. And so it's really easy to just kind of get into play it, you know you don't feel like even if you're not very good at the game you don't feel like you're doing poorly because you just get to immediately jump right back into the fray um and i think that's really to its benefit it 
really lets it, you know, kind of bring in more people into the series who may not be real big on first person shooters. Um, I do like the loot system. I, I think it can be improved, which we'll we'll get a little bit into that when we're talking about what we want for Borderlands Three. Um, but I do you I think like... you guys kind of agree with what I'm saying about most of the drops being tra- I mean, not early in the game. I think they're essential, but it gets to a point later in the game where it, they're mostly trash drops. Yeah, yeah, to a point. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if some of that. Well. I'll get into this a little bit more when I talk with my thoughts, but I wonder if it has something to do with yeah. the, the keys that you, the golden key chest. Oh, right. Yeah. See, that's something that I didn't really do much of in the original game. I still have like 64 keys that I haven't used too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I think the, the loot system can use some improvements, but, um, like I said, I'll, I'll mention more about that when we're talking about what we hope for in Borderlands three. But um, yeah, if there's anybody out there who has not tried Borderlands 2 um, and wants to do like a co-op game with someone, you you have to play this game. If you can do couch co-op, that's great. If not, play it online with some people. Um, it is so much fun. It is one of the best co-op experiences you can you can do. Yeah, I'm not sure I can say much that wouldn't be echoing something that you guys have said, but um, one thing that stood out to me with I was watching some pre-release footage of Borderlands 2 like these guys talking about it on YouTube comparing it heavily to the Diablo games like like this is Diablo I think just it's the a, biggest direct comparison yeah Borderlands Borderlands and Diablo I think are the most yeah yeah but I didn't really think about it that way when I was going through the entire first game first Borderlands I didn't think about it at all I was like, what the hell are these guys talking about? This is not Diablo. This is a first person shooter. But no, it really is. It's very like this. You have the same kind of loot path. You're grinding to get loot, to kill bigger bosses, to get more loot, to kill bigger bosses. And while advancing your skill tree. Yeah. Yeah. And the skill tree is similar to and resetting your skill tree for the gear that you have or trying to find gear for the skills that you want to use. It's. And that gives it a lot of replayability, which is why I agree with John that maybe it was a little bit too long because the replayability comes with all the different builds you can try out and all the different characters you can play. I'm not sure that it needed to be as long as it was. Um, I enjoyed all of it. And, you know, this is coming from somebody I put like 215 hours into a single playthrough of Skyrim and I thought it was a good length. So it's not like I don't like long games. I really do <laughs> like great. long games, but yeah, this yeah, one, totally. Me too. Me too. It was a little, little long in the tooth, but you know that's a seriously minor complaint in the grand scheme of things. Um, I love the humor in these games, especially with Borderlands Two. Uh, they brought on Anthony Birch for writing, and if you've watched the Hey Ash, What You Playing videos, you can see a lot of his humor in Borderlands Two. Um and just more importantly though like like you said john the the mechanics the gameplay everything is so tight and perfect it is really best in class for this kind of game and i can't say enough good things about it pandora's changed are you ready all right everybody so borderlands and borderlands 2 took the world by storm and probably left a bit of a legacy tim what do you think Borderlands 2's legacy is? 
Oh boy. Um, what its legacy is. Well, I mean, obviously we're going to be getting a third one, and I think everybody is anticipating that one a lot. Uh, we got the pre-sequel, which I actually have not played. I was actually surprised when I found it in my library the other day. Um, might have to install that one and give it a go. But, um, I mean, the, introducing loot systems into first-person shooters, kind of a leveling progression. I can't think of any games that have done it better, although they started introducing more kind of RPG elements into a lot of games now. Um, I mean, even Stardew Valley uh, introduced, like, some skill trees that you can do. You know, I, I don't know if I would credit Borderlands with that, more of just a kind of a trend in gaming, introducing more RPG elements. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to talk about the legacy for a game that's still being developed and, you know, we have a sequel coming up soon. John? I don't know. That's kind of all I got. <laughs> John, what well, about you? I think, yeah, I got two things to say about this. Firstly, I think that Borderlands kicked off the whole RPG shooter craze into orbit because Borderlands was so great, the original. So I don't think games like Destiny, Warframe, or The Division are quite the same or even exist before Borderlands because someone had to do that and just blow the genre away. And, you know, not to say you didn't see some RPG-ish elements in shooters before, but Borderlands took it and they made it amazing and they made it huge. And so, again, I don't think some games exist in a world without it. Um, and then Borderlands 2 added a ton of quality of life improvements on top of that. They added dual wielding. They added different you know, ways to pick up stuff and that kind of thing. So, again, I think that uh, the Borderlands franchise has definitely had an impact on gaming very much. And I think another aspect of the legacy is just kind of with my you know, and like how I played it and my friends and stuff. It's like everyone I know has this game and that's pretty uncommon for everyone. I you know, like every one of my friends and steam to own the same game, unless it's a free to play game or something like that. So we have it. If I went on to cheerful ghost and I said, Hey guys, let's do uh let's do a, a borderlands two event. I, like almost everyone can play it with me because we all have it. And so I think that's one of the biggest legacies of this game. Six years later, it's so popular. Everyone has it. It's like a gaming staple in our community in a lot of communities. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've seen a game that had as much DLC as borderlands two had, you know, I think, other companies have tried, and it seems like Borderlands 2 grew up in this era where everyone was seemed to be anti-DLC until Borderlands came out and they couldn't stop buying enough of it. And Borderlands 2 just kept adding and adding. It was like a ridiculous amount of DLC, like just looking at it. I mean, I don't know how much DLC they released, 20 extra things, 25, I, can't, I don't even know. It's crazy. So, But it's cool because people loved it. So I think that's good, but yeah, it showed me that. Now, <clears throat> I mean, I guess... I don't know why I'm thinking about the things that would scare me about Borderlands 3, but I'll save that until our discussion about Borderlands 3, because I have some things that might scare me about Borderlands 3. But uh, Travis, what do you think about the legacy? I, yeah, I agree with what you're saying about how it kickstarted that kind of progression in first person shooters. Uh, you didn't really see a lot of that before. Um, but, you know, when you talk about the legacy, it, like Tim said, it's still something that's ongoing. This franchise is still around. So but what I think is legacy will be ultimately is kind of 
I think you'll see it in about every first person shooter or RPG like this coming um, just with little elements that Borderlands did so well and kind of brought to the mainstream. I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the future. Yeah. And I think it's art style was so iconic. You know, if you look at a Borderlands game, you know, it's a Borderlands game just from how it looks. Yeah. So I think that legacy, too, of that sort of thick cell shaded graphics and then the way they do the smash bang um, kind of comic book intro for bosses or just characters you meet is really interesting. So I think there are a lot of Borderlands things that were just so great that that trope, I think those tropes are going to live on, you know. And I, I, I am kind of drawing a blank on what game it was, but I was playing something that came out after Borderlands 2 and... Like the humor of it just felt like they were trying to riff on Borderlands too, because you know they did it so well. It you, you would kind of assume somebody would try to. Um, again, I'm drawing a blank on it, but I think the storytelling. You know, Borderlands Two has a, a solid story, but it's not really. It's kind of a John Wick story <laughs> in a way. Like it, it, it's secondary to the gameplay. Same as Diablo Three and all that, but. I kind of wonder if that kind of storytelling is going to be more accepted as a way to just drive the gameplay along. We're going to need a lot of guns. All right, everybody. What would you like to see in Borderlands 3, John? So I'd like to see, okay, we're just, we're just talking to, this is just dreams. Okay. I'm not saying that we're going to get this because I don't think we're going to get the first thing that I want. But the first thing that I want is I want the, all the original classes and classes from Borderlands 2 back plus more classes. (laughs) So (laughs) since we're not going to get that, I'm going to be okay with just getting four more new classes for Borderlands 3 game. Um, But I love it. I'd love to play everything else again. You know, I, I, I really would. And I'm like, oh, man, I won't play. And I thought in Borderlands 2, oh, man, I can't play it if I can't play a siren just like I played in the original. Or I can't play it if I can't, you know what I mean, play Roland from the original game. And then Borderlands 2 came out and I was like, oh, all these classes are great. And then Gage and I'm like, Gage came out and I'm like, Mechromancer. I'm like, well, it's like the best class ever. And then Krieg came out and that was what actually, you know, spent beating the game. And so, I mean, I'm sure that they can make way cooler classes and continue it. But I would like to see some of the originals come back. That's like the first thing. Um, I think the other thing I'd like to say, and I've already talked about this already, but I'd like to see an adventure mode a la Diablo 3 in the game. Because, again, I think people want to play the game, play the mechanics, run through the game, get loot, grind, play bosses. Cool. You don't need to throw a story in there to do it. And the adventure mode did it. And I think that was great. Um, and yeah, I think that's exactly perfect. I'd like to see switch. I'd like to see it come out on the switch too. I don't know. That would be really great. Uh, and then something else that I mentioned, what did it, what did scare me about the game? I forget. I don't remember. I'll come back to it if I remember, but those are the things that are coming to me right now for what I'd like to see in a Borderlands three, because I think they're just going to do everything else. It's going to be best of breed and it's going to be on the PC and it's going to be a really great shooting experience and, and everything. I I imagine it's all going to be really great. And we'll probably hear, this is my guess, but I think we're going to see a demo or a a trailer rather at E3 this year. So hot take everybody. It's probably a fairly safe bet. Probably. Brief aside, if you've seen this um, 
trailer and screenshot and description about the the secret trailer that has come out for Borderlands 3 disregarded. It's a hoax. People are already trying to get our hopes up for that. But John, you mentioned the trailer. I thought it's worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, oh, and so so and so I recently beat it. Okay, spoiler alert for Borderlands 2. But at the end, um, what they find is that there are vaults all over the universe. Okay, right. That's how it ends. Right. They find all these mm-hmm. vaults that are all over the universe. So Borderlands 3, if it's going to be like, go to planets, look for vaults, like what would be amazing just thinking about it right in this moment is if it was like starbound where it's this procedurally generated you know world with planets that you could go to or whatever and even if it's not procedurally generated just go to multiple planets to try to vault hunt that sounds incredible but if they took some elements from roguelikes and made it procedurally generated with some story in there that would pretty much be the greatest game ever because if it's if 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 the promise of the game is a limitless galaxy, give us a limitless galaxy of vaults. That would be great. That would be great. The one thing that you would have to worry about with that, and I totally agree with you, but um, you know, No Man's Sky was kind of like Starbound in that way. But the procedural generation has to be basically perfect in something like that or stuff starts seeming really samey over time and it just gets a little it wouldn't have the same kind of borderlands kick in the face amazingness but still i'd totally agree with you if they could do that well that would be perfect tim what do you think what do you want to see in borderlands 3 all right so a couple things i want to see in borderlands 3 um first up I felt like the loot system in the first game had a problem of you would get like this crazy good weapon and you would have it forever and it would take forever before you'd find something that like really (laughs) upgraded that. Yep. I felt like, you know, part of the fun is that you're, you're finding new guns and upgrading and there's always that, you know, constantly improving yourself. You know, that's, that's kind of a driving force. The second game had kind of the opposite problem where you're constantly swapping out guns because everything is trash. <laughs> I, I, I would like to see something that's like a happy medium where you're still upgrading your guns, but it, it, it feels a little bit more meaningful. Like, you know, maybe you, you, you know, I, I, I don't know. Something in between there where you're, you can find that awesome gun that you'll keep for a few levels but then you start to find like clear improvements after a little while. But also, I that, agree. You know, and so you know. we, we oh, I just want to inject one more thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, well, one thing into this about the whole loot drop thing. So originally in Diablo three in the game, uh, you would get legendary drops and people complained because they were legendary. But the drop itself was not good, right? It just wasn't a good item, right? You'd eventually Mm -hmm. get a legendary, but then it would be garbage. And then Loot 2.0 came along and said, okay, well, we're going to give you more legendaries. And when they are legendary, they're actually going to be legendary. So firstly, in Borderlands 2, firstly, I think I've only seen two legendary things that don't pop out from the vault key thing, whatever the the keys that you would get, golden keys or whatever. So I only saw two in-game. And they were just okay. They weren't like really that great. They weren't crazy or anything. You know what I mean? And the majority of stuff, blues and greens, like, I don't know. I I agree. I, I don't know. I just think Borderlands, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just agreeing with you is what I'm saying. 
Yeah. Something I uh, I would also like to see is I'm not a huge fan of the like true Vault Hunter mode and ultimate Vault Hunter mode where, you know, if you want to continue developing your character and reach higher levels, you have to start over and basically play through the storyline from the beginning. I, I think it, uh, you know, personally, I'd rather see it where, you know, when they inevitably release the DLCs or something like that, that just raises the level cap and it scales to whatever level you are. And then, you know, instead of having to replay the story over and over and over again to get better drops and harder enemies, just have some way for the game to scale to you and then, like, you know, let you keep progressing. Because um, that was that was another thing that it kind of wore me down. It's why I didn't finish some of the last DLC is because, like, I'd hit the level cap that was for you know, my playthrough and I'd have to start over, but then like stuff wouldn't scale properly unless you cleared the storyline again. And it just got kind of repetitious after a while. So I I hope they find some way to address, you know, address that so that you don't have to just keep cycling through the storyline over and over and over. Um, The last thing that I would like to see is some way for you to be able to play with your friends and not necessarily have to have a character that's the same level as them. Cause that was another thing that kind of led to burnout is that I wanted to play with all my friends, but not everybody was at the same level. So I'd have to start a new character, get caught up to them and then play again. And I saw the first half of the game like 20 times, but only actually beat the game maybe about three or four times you know it's one of the reasons why i beat the game with krieg not my favorite class it was just the one you had the highest level at exactly (laughs) on pc at the time and i was like everyone's like let's continue on with borderlands i'm like all right well this is the class that i have and again it's a fine class but i don't prefer you know melee classes or you know what i mean but he was really funny to play with i'm sure you guys like cracked up at just the ramblings that he would say because <laughs> he's yeah, crazy. Yeah, the characters are shouting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a way it was cool to get through the game with him because I wouldn't have done it otherwise, but yeah, I would have preferred to have played like the Mecromancer or the Gunzerker. Those were more my style. Yeah. Um. So I there's some MMOs that are really good about that, letting you either having the higher level characters get scaled down to you know, whoever you're playing with, or, you know, some way to kind of like buff the lower level person so that they can keep pace with the higher level characters. You know, I'm not sure what the better option is, but it would be nice if they could introduce something so that you can play with your friends without having to start brand new characters every single time. Yeah, Tim, you mentioned the you know, having to repeat the story over and over to keep leveling past 30 or whatever it was. And John, you mentioned adventure mode. And I think that you kind of combine the two of them. This is another thing that uh, Diablo three did well when it first came out, you know, you played through the game on normal mode and then you just like restart it back at the beginning on medium and then restart it back on hard or whatever and keep going through. But when the loot 2.0 patch dropped, they, had adventure mode that you could play through the campaign once. And then that, that unlocked adventure mode and basically wherever you were, whatever you were doing, everything was scaled to your level and you could level up however the hell you wanted. And I think borderlands three could really benefit from that. Um, 
it would kind of solve two problems. That could even be DLC that they release later. Yeah. I mean, I know game companies need to, you know, have a release strategy where they get a little bit more than the 60 bucks. And I'm totally cool with that. I just, you know, I'll, I'd pay for it. It would be a great expansion. Yeah. Everyone would play it. Definitely. And I think, you know, in Adventure Mode wasn't an expansion. It was in um, Reaper of Souls. So. Oh, That's I right, remember yeah. the thing. Yeah, I remember the thing that makes me scared. Okay, so you know how we got golden keys to open the golden chest, and those mm-hmm. are all free, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay. That's a loot box, though. Mm, so yeah. it is a loot box. It just happened to be free. <laughs> so it's literally a loot box. So I'm wondering, like, what Borderlands 3 does with loot boxes moving forward. You know, I mean, uh, and... You know, hey, get a golden key, 99 cents for a legend. Oh, shit. Oh, uh, yeah, that could be bad. Yeah. I mean, they're going to make more money than God if they do that. I'm just noting that that's a loot box and now people pay money for those. That transitions well into something that I was about to say. I hope that Borderlands 3 relies less on the golden keys. <laughs> so <laughs> i never used them when i played yeah. the original I, it just yeah. seemed cheap to me it was like i got every one that i could and i have 64 and i know you can game the system to keep having them mm-hmm. but i didn't i don't it just seemed like yeah anyways continue with what we're saying travis i'm sure you're gonna say this yeah thing. it's it's it, the whole drive of playing borderlands is to get amazing loot and if you just follow somebody on Twitter and get a code to download some keys to go unlock a chest, you're not really getting the loot the fun way, you know? So it takes the focus away from the gameplay in a way. Uh, I think somebody did a study at one point that if you give people one point for every enemy they kill or two points for pushing a button, people would just sit and push the button and complain the game is not fun. You know, it, it, it takes away part of the fun. But in addition to that, one thing that I hope they do is introduce at least the option of playing with individual loot when you're playing with friends. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Having, oh, yeah. yeah. Instead of having the shared loot table where you have to decide who gets what. And, you know, I just kind of end up saying, well, I don't really need that. You guys go ahead. And then I don't I never collect anything. <laughs> but. Yeah, it usually means one person gets everything and some people get checked. <laughs> yeah, shit. basically. Or when you see that orange loot thing drop, everybody rushes towards yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that said, the 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 dueling for loot was pretty a pretty interesting way to handle that. But then if somebody's really good at the game, they're always going to get the loot. <laughs> so yeah, that or you're and playing not with all Tim and he always are... kills you when you duel. I'm never good at dueling. <laughs> well, He's that's so just because much better I... at dueling. Well, it's also because I played as the Gunzerker, which is just happens to be really good at short little duels because yeah. I just Gunzerk and blow you away in the thirty seconds I have Gunzerk up. You know, <laughs> it's like it's um, like Diablo three. It's like those. Uh, there's there's one PvP area, and it's not balanced even a little bit. No. Some classes are just destroy you. You know what I mean? I would just I never won anything. Yeah, no. The the game is not balanced for PvP at all. No. <laughs> Which is fine. I, I th- I'm glad it exists, but, you know. Mm-hmm. So Borderlands 2 and the first Borderlands and Borderlands the pre-sequel have some amazing, interesting classes. So, John, in Borderlands 2, what was your favorite class? 
I think that it was a couple. So I think firstly, I liked the Mecromancer the most. I think she is great. I, I like the summons classes. And when I heard, because when Borderlands 2 dropped, it had the four classes. And then they said, oh, if for everyone. And then later, as the game was kind of moving toward launch, they they said, oh, you know, everyone that bought the original game is going to get Gage, the Mecromancer DLC, because we were, we were making a new class. And I'm like, what? A summons class? That's amazing. I loved the Necromancer. My favorite class in Diablo 3 was... Um, was the witch doctor until they added the necromancer, which I still haven't gotten yet. So that was amazing. And then I think my second was the gunzerker. Uh, it's just amazing. Just blasting out the two gun, the healing and then two guns at once. And um, it's great. You're having like an oh shit moment. You're getting rocked and then you go into gunzerk mode and your health comes back. It's it's incredible. And from the original game, I think the siren was my favorite. So, yeah, yeah, really good. I mean, I like the siren from this one, too. And and I beat the game with Krieg, so there's a lot of options. Tim, what do you think? I um, I'm kind of like John. I, my two favorite are the Gunzerker and the Mecromancer. Um, I played the Gunzerker with John here, um, primarily, and that's the one that he when he beat the game, I was playing with him as my Gunzerker. Um. That one's just, it's fun because it's very different from how I played in the first Borderlands game. And, you know, it's got the ammo region, which is really nice. It's, when you start reaching towards the end of the game, you can get it set up so that as long as you have enemies to shoot, you can almost be gun zerking the entire time if you if you play it right. And that's, it's just so much fun when everything is chaotic and you're just guns blazing everywhere. Um, the Mecromancer... I played the uh, lightning build. I forget what the tree is called. Um, but it's where like you can do extra shock damage. Your shock damage also has a chance to catch them on fire. You've got, um, if you headshot somebody, it causes like an electrical storm around them. And it was really fun to kind of like play a class that specialized in one element. None of the other classes really did that. So, you know, it, you had a lot more... Um, not necessarily restrictions, but a lot of benefit if you always made sure that you had at least like one gun that was that element. Um, it just it made me play a lot differently, and I I thought that was really fun. And Death Trap, your uh, your summon is really cool and kicks a lot of ass. So not to be a broken record, but my favorite classes are the Gunzerker and the Mecromancer. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently we all like similar things. Yeah, that's, it's, that's I guess so, yeah. It seems so. I I, I prefer the Mecromancer overall. Um, I do like the Gunzerker's absolute mayhem, but the Mecromancer always having a, a buddy to help you out. And it really comes in handy during the five for your life segments if you're in a place where you can't see anybody to shoot, but your yeah. mech is out there handling it for you. That can come in really handy. But I did like Krieg. I thought Krieg was pretty fun. The, it was a, an entirely different kind of mayhem um, that I had never really done anything with melee and Borderlands, but that was kind of a a way into that whole new kind of playing for me. Um, he's hilarious, and the the absolute mayhem when you use a special power and start hacking shit up is it's a lot of fun. I am not very good at Krieg because that's not the way I play most games, but 
He is really hard yeah. to figure out how to do really yeah. well. I kind of want to try Krieg and go through the skill tree where everything is procced by you being on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that looks yep, interesting. I didn't do that. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, nope, nope, nope. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right time to rate this game on the ghost scale skip it meh rad or must play john what do you think borderlands 2 is unapologetically a must play for me because i've played a lot of it i've continually played it over the last six years with you guys it's awesome and multiplayer it's a great game um and even with some of the negative stuff that i had i don't think that it takes it away but no i think um borderlands 2 is a must play tim absolutely a must play i mean as it is as we've been sitting here talking about it i kind of want to go play it some more <laughs> it's so much fun and again I, I mentioned this earlier but if you have the chance to be able to play it co-op with some friends um, especially if you get it on a console and you can do coach or a couch co-op, you really owe it to yourself to do that. It's so much fun. And as I'm sure it will come as no surprise, it's absolutely a must play 100%. If you haven't played it, if you have the opportunity, like why aren't you playing it right now? Seriously. One of the best games I've ever played. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com, and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show, and thanks for listening.